Here we are now, with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. If you are a regular listener of the Andrew Lake Podcast, please share your favourite episode, as this will help me find my audience. It will help to find the people who are ready to hear what we are talking about here. And today, I'd like to talk about childhood heroes, and also adulthood heroes. What's the difference? Have you ever wondered? Have you ever considered? Have you ever contemplated the difference between a childhood hero and an adulthood hero? And we're going to look at this essentially from a developmental point of view, which is psychological analysis on ourselves as to how we've changed over the years. And this is essential for any sort of self-knowledge or personal development or understanding or however you want to say, broadly speaking, coming into a deeper relationship with reality. So, what do we see? We have us, younger versions of us, and at that time, we have heroes. We have people that we admire. We have people that we look up to. We have people that we think, wow. How do they do it? That is so cool. That is so... Wow, I, I'm, I'm speechless at how amazing they are. Oh, I just want to be just like them. I hope I am just like them when I grow up to be an adult. And we all have different heroes. We all have different people that we looked up to as children. And for the most part, or in one category, we could have the characters in the stories that we're told. These are the characters in the stories that our parents read to us, or the books that we read, or the movies that we see, or the films that we see. It might be movie form or a television series or whatnot. And that's the superheroes. That includes the superheroes as well. And understanding the superhero is understanding the structure of what a hero is. And furthermore, understanding heroes is an insight into our own composition in terms of our values and beliefs. It gives us an insight into what we think is impossible and possible And what we think is admirable, and what is something to aspire to. So the ABC superhero, what what do they do? What do they have? Well, they have these skills which are supernatural. And that's essentially it. And the only other part of it is, well, they use those skills for good. And it really comes down to just those two things. 
And when we talk about the supernatural, we really just mean, or at least from where it sits, from where it appears in this conversation here now, it really just means something that is so far out of the realm of possibilities to do, and yet it does happen. A child cannot see how the superhero is doing the things that they're doing. And as for using those skills, those superpowers, for good, well, that's a matter of morality. And when you're a child, morality is very simple. The good guy and the bad guy is very easy to distinguish. The good guy and the bad guy always shows up in a very obvious way. When the bad guy is in the cartoon, he's always very much obviously, you know, he might be wearing something black or dark and he's got this sort of frown on his face and the, and the music comes on and you think, oh, he's definitely the bad guy. And the good guy always has the, you know, the sparkly teeth and bright eyes and uplifting music and you think, ah, yes, he's definitely the good guy. But as we get older, our sense of morality complexifies and our sense of what's possible and what is supernatural also complexifies. Now, I think for many people, they actually don't have heroes as adults. It's actually possible for you to actually lose that part of you. You, you lose that sense of awe. And the deep insight here, to be understood, is that it's not that those people aren't around. It's not that those people don't exist. It's not that superheroes don't exist. So the story here of what you might be telling yourself is, oh, I used to believe in Superman and Batman and Banana Man when I was a kid. But then when I got a little bit older, I realized that well, it's actually just some actor in a cheesy suit and a whole bunch of visual effects, which are done with CGI. So it's not real. Superheroes are not real. And that's a crude way of saying that the sense of awe, the sense of admiration that children have for their superheroes is something that is lost when really it's something that needs to mature, something that needs to graduate. And culture and society does idolize people, depending on the values of the time, the paradigms that are prevalent at the time. There are people who are exalted and thought, of as, oh, this is a great person, oh, this is an admirable person, this is someone we should all learn from, this is someone we should all aspire to be more like. And that's what I would think as not quite the same as having a superhero. Because a superhero is someone who's out of this world. A superhero is someone who is vastly beyond in many ways, and you can't see it. They've got that supernatural air about them. They've got that thing which you really have no idea how they do it. 
And those are the sort of people you need to find. Those are the sort of people you need to have as an adulthood hero. The trick to finding those people is, first of all, recognizing that it's possible. Second of all, learning to cultivate an admiration of people in general. And third of all, making actual conscious effort into realizing what it is you value and what you think is worth doing well or doing for good in the world. And when you look at those things, you start to see, well, this is why I haven't got any superheroes. This is why there aren't people that I don't look up to. Because you haven't looked at your values. You haven't had a good look at what is possible and really contemplated with the facts of life as to what is possible with life. How far can someone go with life? And as you you sort of look into that, you do also have to come across some research. You have to do some research and start finding things out about people. And it's very much the case that you might be starting to find out about someone and your appreciation of them will increase as you find out more about them. It will be a gradual learning of how amazing a person can be as you learn more and more about them. And that's really you changing. That's a path in your development that is you learning to get back to that childhood essence of the superhero. It's you learning to actually take control of your developmental path because you're becoming conscious of your developmental path and then you're starting to rework it and you're starting to massage it. You're starting to really get together into the ins and outs with what's coming next and what's been before and actually starting to optimize it. And that's very important. That's a very, well, it can be a turbulent ride. It can be a ride that's full of quite a lot of confusion and doubt. And you can reach points where you think, Well, actually, no one's doing anything good. No one has any sort of skill that I think is great. And when you're assessing skills and abilities and what people are doing with their their lives, you can actually reach that point where you think, well, everything's pretty useless because I've seen it all. I see how they do it and it doesn't impress me. And you can get left with a sense of hopelessness. And that's the psychological, I want to say, I want to say crutch, but it's not exactly a crutch. It's the psychological tangle. We could say, we could say pathology, but it's not exactly a pathology. It's more a, it's more an incomplete delusion of what it means to have a superhero. And this is, well, all my heroes are dead. Have you heard that phrase before? You probably have. All my heroes have died. All my heroes are long gone. This sort of attitude, this sort of feeling, 
And this happens because we have superheroes as children and we naturally want to graduate. We naturally want to mature, which means that we do actually leave them in the wayside in some ways, but we don't always find the next one. We don't always find the next superhero. And it's simply because we're not conscious of this process. Simply because there's something that naturally wants to evolve in us, but it takes a conscious awareness for it to do so. And that is a lethal combination. That is a combination for an extraordinary collapse in meaning. Which means that you're left with this feeling like there's no one good in this world. There's no one that I can admire. There's no one that I can really put on a giant pedestal. And remember, of course, we're talking about people who... I'm not talking about just a general admiring. I'm not talking about, oh, I respect that person. And I'm not even talking about, oh, that person's intelligent, or that person's doing well, or that person's successful, or that person is... These sort of general things. And that's all great. That's all very good. That's all important. What I'm talking about with the superhero, though, is someone who is supernatural. I'm talking about someone who is well far beyond. They're off the scales. They're doing things that you cannot comprehend. They literally defy the laws of reality. That's the sort of level of the superhero that we need to keep. And we need to keep that high. We need to keep that very pure. Keep the superhero pure. And that's something that's harder and harder to do. Because the more, the more superheroes you encounter, and the more people you put up on that pedestal, up on that high place, the more you learn about them, and the more you mature, and therefore the more... The more heroes you've left in the wake of your process, of your progress. So it's almost like the more you know, the more difficult it is to keep your knowledge pure. The more you burn through a relationship with someone, the more difficult it is to have a pure and innocent view on a relationship. The more you judge someone, the more you say what someone is, the harder it is for you to see that they can become so much more than just that narrow judgment. So keep that in mind. The superhero is something you need to keep in that high place, in that supernatural place. Now, if we go back to the child and we look at the child, well, they have these superheroes in their movies. And at a certain point, it's not actually the character in the movie that they're admiring, but it's actually the actor, because the child will have this shift in a moment and they'll realize, well, it is the actor. But then they'll admire the actor and the actor will become their superhero. But even before that, there's a key superhero in the life of the child. And that is the parent. The first 
superhero that a child has is the mother or the father. And it fits. It fits perfectly with our definition of the superhero. Because to the child, they cannot see at all how it is that the parent is doing what they're doing. And of course, they're using it for an immense good. It's an immediate good. The parent literally saves the child from death on a daily basis. That's how intense the relationship is between the parent and the child. If it weren't for the parent being there to rescue the child, the baby, it would literally die. So the superhero, the superhero meme of you know the, the damsel in distress tied up on the train tracks and the train is coming and the bad guy is standing around laughing and the superhero flies in and picks him up and she's rescued. Hooray. Well, that's exactly the same as the child or the baby, even I'm talking like early, early child, even before a child, sort of between early toddler, baby to toddler. It's exactly the same as being at that age and having a need, needing food, needing shelter, needing a loving touch, needing to go to the bathroom, needing to explore, needing to be warm, whatever it is. And here's a thing that needs to be understood about development. The child naturally admires the adult, the parent, as a superhero, up until a certain point. Because the child does become more and more independent. The child does start to see and understand more and more as it grows older and as it develops into a a young adolescent. And that makes it more and more hard for the adult to be the child's hero. And it's actually quite rare for a child to have their parent as a hero for much longer than those early years. And probably even deeper than that, the thing to understand is that younger generations are more intelligent than older generations. Now, there's a lot in this. So I need to stress this point and I need to explain this clearly. Younger generations are more intelligent than older generations. And there's two splits that occur surrounding this truth, which is that well, well, one of two things usually happens, which is that a child reaches a certain age where they are more intelligent than their parent, and it's usually it's usually around the age of 12. Believe it or not, it's between the ages, roughly speaking, maybe the age of 11 to 13. That's the age. I might I know that's probably quite shocking. To realize. But it's true. 
Developmentally, psychologically speaking, it's true. Most 12-year-olds are smarter than their parents. They're more intelligent. They have more of an idea of what's going on. Now, one of two things happens around this time. Case one, the child becomes more intelligent and then they stay at that level of intelligence for the rest of their life. They are more intelligent than the older generation, but they stay at that level of intelligence. And by intelligence, I mean also psychological and development or development in, in the whole grand spectrum of it. Now, case two, the child continues to develop. They continue to grow in intelligence. And in that case, the child is actually becoming incredibly much more intelligent than the older generation in a a way that is off the scales, in a supernatural way. And in that case, the child can actually become the hero to the parent. Now, when I say that, there's actually another way that it applies, which is that the child can grow older and become the hero to the adult. But actually, a child as a child can be a hero to an adult without even knowing it. And I'll circle back to that. Let me come back to that. So each generation... So. The other thing we need to say about generational differences in intelligence and development is that human beings, unlike any other animal, have more generations alive at the same time. And that's what makes this whole thing so complex. That's what makes this thing so tricky. Because it's not just that the child is more intelligent than their older generation, but it's actually also that they have a younger generation and sometimes even a younger generation. Most animals don't grow to be grandparents. Most animals are only parents. They pass on the next generation and then they die. That's as long as they survive for. But for humans, well, it's almost sort of like a given that you're going to be a parent or a great-grandparent. Sorry, you're going to be a grandparent or a great-grandparent, and even in some cases, great-great-great-great-grandparent. There's someone in a sort of distant family of mine that has that five, something like five generations all alive at the same time. And that makes for a very broad spectrum of development, all trying to coexist at once. And, well, it's complex. It's tricky. It's hard for people to understand the differences and see the differences when there are so many differences. And the other thing I wanted to add about younger generations being more intelligent than the older generations is that that doesn't mean that they are instrumental or as resourceful or 
with as much opportunity as the older generation. And actually, this can be a point of quite a lot of pain in families because consider a 12-year-old child who is more intelligent than their parents. Now, the parent is still going to have the power over that child. They're still going to be, the child is still going to be dependent on that parent. They're still going to be at the whim of that parent. That parent is still going to be able to punish and argue and suppress and restrict and in so many ways just keep their freedom restrained, which doesn't mean anything in terms of who is more intelligent and who is not. But it does mean that, well, things are going to play out in a very tense way. Things are going to become very, very difficult in that family. They can be actually quite painful and quite hurtful. And that's why you see so many teenage children arguing with their parents. That's why you see so many adolescent angst. Now, the emotional side of it, that's different. That's different again. Because to add, (laughs) to make things worse for the 12-year-old, they're also going through puberty. So they've got their sexual energies and their emotional energies all opening up. And then they can't even understand themselves and they're getting all confused and all these sorts of things. And well, that just makes for a lot of confusion. That makes for a lot of tension and it makes for a lot of drama. And these, these, all these issues could be simply resolved by understanding the difference between development of the generations. Understanding the difference of intelligence between the generations. Because what you can do, if you, if you are an older generation and you understand that these younger generations are smarter than you, you can actually put them ahead of you And you can validate them. And that's actually a very subtle way of getting ahead of them again. You actually learn from the younger people. And that's something that takes a lot of maturity. It takes a great wisdom to learn from someone younger than you. To learn from someone who, by the stigma of culture shouldn't know as much as you, but actually does. And if you take this to its upper, its its extreme, you realize that the baby is actually more intelligent than you. The youngest, most primitive, most dependent being is more intelligent than you. You can actually see their intelligence from the very moment they are born. And you can maintain that vision on your child every day that you are living in a family with them. And you literally, you literally make your child your hero. And if you see that and you're open to that, you actually start, you actually start to see that they do do supernatural things. Their sense of survival, their sense of creativity, their sense of exploration 
their sense of inquiry, their sense of excitement, their sense of energy. What an extraordinary energy children have. It's supernatural. It's off the charts. And it's something that needs to be exalted. It's something that needs to be put on high. And yet for so many families, it's not. For so many families, there is this attitude of, I'm right and you're wrong. I'm the parent, so I know better. And what a shame it is that it's such... And imagine even saying this to your child. Imagine saying, you're my hero. Imagine you watch a superhero movie with your son or your daughter. And then at the end of that movie, you say, you know what? You are my hero. What do you think that would do for that child? What do you think that would do for their understanding of what it means to have superpowers? What do you think it would do for their sense of development? Of course, not consciously, but just their sense of it. It's not like <laughs> it's not like eight-year-olds are sitting around wondering about psychological, developmental psychology. <laughs> so that's a few thoughts surrounding superheroes and the relationship between the generations. And it might seem like a bit of a hard thesis to put forward that the younger generations are more intelligent than the older generations. And it's really something we can discuss at length. It's probably a different, we probably need a whole conversation just to just to explain that. There are many ways we can explain that. But just for now, it would do you well to take that as a hypothesis. See how it feels to just take that on. That children are more intelligent than you. Children have something that is a superpower compared to what you have. And just notice the changes within you. And you can just think about it as well. Just think about it. Just thinking about things is sometimes enough for them to start to make a way into you. So those are my thoughts. Let's wrap it up now. This has been Childhood Heroes and Adulthood Heroes. What's the difference? And that's all I have to say for now.